Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Currently in what we call divorce limbo, where maybe you've been separated for a while now, maybe two months, three months, three years, and nothing has been sorted, well, this episode is for you. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can help yourself if you're stuck in divorce limbo, what it is, and what the legal implications are if you keep leaving it to just drift. So thank you, Mum, for coming along. Hello, Laura. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Now, today, Mum, we're going to talk about that lovely thing that happens to a lot of people called divorce Mm. limbo. And I know you've mentioned before that sometimes you'll see a client, uh, you know, two years after they've separated. Sometimes eight years. Sometimes longer. So can you... Can you give me a little a legal definition? I can't know if there's no such thing as a legal definition, but in lawyer speak or you know the lawyers' world, what 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 does divorce limbo look like? Well, it's divorce limbo looks like where everything is pretty much the same as it was the day one of you left and split up. Uh, no one's mm. filed for the divorce, so the marriage isn't over. You can't marry anyone else. Um, and uh, and everything's kind of a bit on an ad hoc basis or unspoken basis, and you're just really just drifting along. No one wants to rock the boat, or or you're scared to rock the boat. Um, so your properties, yeah, not really the kids are just going, yeah, the kids just going ad hoc. You might still be in a house that's in joint names; it's never been transferred. The mortgage might be in joint names, and you're both still paying it, or you're paying it, but it's not in your name only. Um, yeah, the kids. Mm. Um, we have to keep making arrangements for them every Christmas. What are you doing this year? What are you doing that this year? You know, next year? How are we going to handle this? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes up a lot of brain space. It's like um, it's always in the back of your mind, and it means you don't have a routine and you can't see where you're going. Hmm. Hmm. And I guess if you if you've separated, but you're still technically financially t- mm. together and parenting kind of ad hocly you, you haven't really separated no well you're you, still living you know you haven't really you, you're not enjoying the benefits of yeah you're living on. your old life um just with may mildly less aggravation probably but not having it written down not having it solved it takes up a lot of brain space and i find people have it in the back mm. of their minds all the time so if you're in a house that's still in joint names and it needs a repair do you think should I get that done or is it, you know, should he pay some for it? It just keeps you in connection. Mm. And we get so many messages from people. I think we had one the other day where she didn't know whether she should pay the bills, mm. like whether they should divide them in half or she was she was really upset about that. And I guess if, if there was, if they had worked through and done their property settlement mm. and, and their parenting plan, she wouldn't be worrying about each month when, when knowing who's going to pay yep. what bill. Because, of course, we talk about in the divorce um, course, um, we talk about that very short-term arrangements that you do, like the first days mm. after you separate, and then we talk about interim arrangements that might be like the, you know, three to six months. But then you really do need to move on uh, because those two sets of, of um, arrangements are really just a holding pattern so that everyone can catch their breath and, and have food on the table and a roof over their heads. But it's not, it's not moving into your new life 
and it's it's tying you down. It's it's quite bad emotionally for people, I think. And I think I get I get you know divorce, separation, all of that is quite taxing mentally, and maybe some people just want to deal with that first. And we've talked about that before, where some people might just want to deal with the the breakup yep. and and get through that, then work on property, etc. But but what is the downside to Move, like kind of separating, moving on, but keeping everything still unofficially sorted out. Yeah. What, what's the downside in the legal world to staying well, in the kind of It doesn't give either party closure. Um, so if one of you holds some hope, perhaps of the marriage getting back together again or the relationship back on track, um, having a, a com- still owning a house together or still renting together or still, you know, it, it kind of doesn't make it um, real for people so they can hold on to what really is a false hope. Um, And so that's very bad for people. Um, Also, um, and this is a worry at the moment, house prices, if you're hoping to buy the house or buy something, the the house prices have gone up like crazy. You've got to find more and more money to buy out your partner. Um, Also, you know, there might be opportunities in a divorce limbo for a person to Um, make sure they don't do any saving so they don't have to share it with you or don't put any extra into super. It's just you're you're actually quite reactive rather than proactive stepping forward into your life. And I had someone say once, um, a professor at a lecture we were at, and he said, everybody knows the relationship's not over until uh, until the house is sold or the house is dealt with or the you know, so you've got to start doing these functional things for, for your own sake. But mm. the court also, from a court point of view, um, the longer you leave it, the more complicated a property settlement will be because the court looks at what's happened since separation and they have to analyse contributions by each of you. Um, and if if it's a long time since um, separation, then the contributions post-separation are going to be massive and um, correspondingly mm. more difficult to negotiate. And um, and in, people forget as well, writing down the history, they forget mm. what's happened. It's just... And it's really, yeah. we've mentioned we've mentioned this before. And if you're interested, the property settlements, the the second part in the three part series where we talk oh, in about our podcast. financial contributions mm. after separation. If you'd like to listen to that, so you can understand. But and there's some things that maybe people don't know. The money that you save and earn. We've had uh, members in our DIY Divorce Blueprint course who who didn't know until they did our course. So, oh, the money I'm saving up because we haven't had a property settlement yet, that money is going to be included in the property pool, you know. So if you're working really hard to do up a house that you've bought after separation, that still has Mm. to be considered in the property pool. So you want to have a a definite line in the ground. Yes, separation felt like the line for you. We've separated. Maybe you've started dating other people. Maybe, you know, Mm. all these things have changed in that regard. But when it comes to the legal aspects, if there's no line... Mm then it's you, not over you really are making yeah. making yourself more work than you already needed whereas if people were somehow miraculously able to sort out their property 
and their, their parenting agreements straight after separation. It's there would be very way clean. Less yes. trouble uh, because it's yeah. very clean. So because it, it takes into consideration what you've got in your bank account as of that day. What have you got in your super? What have you got in this? And that may be if you've in divorce limbo and you're three years down the track. Things change. That's three years worth That's of right. super. And, and yeah. from the court's point of view, property settlement, you might think, oh, we're amicable. We've just left. We're doing this. I've already got the house. I've paid him some money. No, it's not over until it's over, either till there's a court order, whether it's by consent or at the end of a hearing, or there's a binding, or they used to call them binding, a financial agreement signed by you both that finalises. So from the court's point of view, as long as if you're a, a de facto couple, you must bring your property settlement within two years of separation. And if you leave it the whole two years, there's always, in my experience, an argument about whether it was, oh, but it was March, not September, or and you're out of time that we got together. So that, or we got separated. So there's an argument about the date of separation if you leave it. If you're a married person, um, if, if you get a divorce, that is just that breaking the marriage so that you can remarry, that divorce process is quite separate to property settlement and children. Um, if you have a divorce, you've only got 12 months from the date that divorce becomes final to bring your property settlement application in the court. Otherwise, you've missed the boat. And so... Which means, when you mean miss the boat, the means court, the court the can't court, make orders after the, and a year. That's right. They're not... You would have to ask permission for them, ask them to um, allow you to bring your application um, out of time, which isn't always given, and in fact, hardly ever given. So you've missed the boat. So then, so then you're stuck with whatever the names, whatever the property is in whose name. So if you've got half a house, that's yours. If your car you're driving's in in the other person's name, that's theirs. Do you know there's and and that's tricky. And even if they agreed to transfer things, you would have to pay stamp duty because it's not pursuant to a consent order or a financial agreement. Mm. I think that's a positive, at least out of a property settlement or agreement or what orders, if you are transferring names mm. of things and you don't have to pay stamp duty because it's a separation. That's a great a thing. I guess that's a positive for this. But remembering, you know, it's a, it's a and a lot of people go, well, I'll get the divorce because that's the piece of paper, which means I can remarry, which is great. But if you don't finalise everything else, it, it can incorporate your new partner's money into the oh. like if you buy a house with a new partner kind of yeah kind of, kind of your new you so you've only got that year um general advice only but mm-hmm. you've only got that year and you have to talk to a lawyer about if you've got a if you more than a year since your divorce so i don't like to do the divorce before i've got property settlement sorted because if you don't get a divorce yeah. uh, then you can have property settlement 20 years down the track um but yes, mm-hmm. it, so strictly speaking, your partner's money doesn't come into account. But of course, if you've gone and built a new life with someone, bought a house together, then suddenly your interest in the house um, is a part of the property pool. It's not your ex's, mm-hmm. in, not your new partner's interest, but your interest. And that makes everyone very upset and nervous. Uh, and it's just mm-hmm. untidy. Well, it's it's keeping the ground mm. unsteady, and I guess you're not knowing for certain what your future mm. holds. What would you say to those? And we have lots of listeners who write in. They they've just been sitting in this divorce limbo. They the two of 
afraid to do anything because they don't want to upset the the what's happening because maybe they don't make money and their ex-husband does and they're giving them a bit of money every week so that they can live uh, or maybe they're paying their rent for them in a yes. new place so they can live. What do you say to those people who are like, well, I just want to live in this house and get that money and I don't want to upset it because what if he cuts mm. me off? What do I, what will I do? I can't Well, well you're walking on eggshells all the time and you are being controlled by that person um, and you're getting that money from the other person. They're doing it as a kind of grace and favour to you, but reality, you have ownership. Um, you have entitlements. And if they've somehow convinced you that they're being generous, they're wrong. Now, I understand that it's important that every month your rent gets paid or, or your mortgage and you need food and stuff, but um, it's a little bit nerve-wracking because, um, well, you know I talk about the Tarzan principle, Laura, where if you're hanging on to one vine and swinging, don't let go of the first one until you've got a hold of the second one. But this is one occasion where you may have to jump. Um, and But the court has remedies. So if you can save up a little bit, perhaps get the banks to hold off on repayments for a month or two so you can get it, so you can negotiate. And then if they do refuse to give you the money, you can go to court for an order that they continue to give you the money while property settlement gets sorted out. And you will breathe easier if you've got an order like that. Um, you might not have money to go to court. That would also be um, find someone who will allow uh, either do it at a lower cost or or um, perhaps even speculate on it and not charge you until they get into court and get that lump sum from the other person. So if you've got, you don't have much power and I understand that and, and you're concerned about the children and maybe the other person's convinced you that they're doing such a lovely kind thing, but actually go and talk to a lawyer and um, get ready and do that brave thing and jump and get out of that relationship. Sometimes it's done out of kindness, Laura, but sometimes it's a manipulative and controlling thing um, and and you're still in that web. Hmm. Well, we, we had a listener write in recently and I cannot find it because we have so many different ways yes. they write in, so you'll have to forgive me for not being able to find the exact question but she's kind of living in that limbo uh, and one of the things that's happening is she's realized that her ex isn't renting out their holiday home anymore to reduce his um, income so i guess in this yep. limbo world one of the other things that can happen is if you're if you're blissfully living in limbo thinking everything's going to be great your ex might actually not be in limbo he, they might be working the system not absolutely the rules and going okay well if i reduce my income and if i make everything seem less amazing I won't have to pay as much yes. if she does go for a And I, I deplete what money yeah. there is in the account. I'm going overseas and having holidays. I'm, I'm gambling. Um, I'm uh, living my very mm-hmm. best life to make sure that any money we've, that I've got in my name is, is spent and my credit cards are up to the max. So sometimes those things get, get found out and the court takes them into account, but sometimes they don't. So... Mm-hmm. You you mm-hmm. may be giving the other person a head start and an opportunity to set themselves up so that they can present a certain way to court. I always remember, Laura, years ago, my client's partner was a um, a, a, a developer, uh, and it, well, a developer, yes, and lots of rental properties, and uh, they um, would live on the rent from all of these houses, and. Uh, this fellow turned up for mediation um, and he had an old funlet shirt on. He actually had slippers on and and big baggy oh. pants. 
<laughs> and he was he was awesome. older, older gentleman. And I, I, she said, I can't believe it. She said, and she showed me a picture of how he normally dresses, dressed, and he was yes. always dressed in a suit. He had a gold pinky ring and a signet ring, and he um, he had deliberately. Uh, represented himself oh. as a poor, broken, uh, so almost a hobo. Wow. The slippers got me. Yeah, and wow. she said, he never dresses like that. So it was just theatre to them. But yes. And, and uh, this man famously pulled out five legal letters from five different lawyers, right? And he said, I've been to five different lawyers until I found this one. And these ones all said the same thing, but I finally found the right lawyer. And I remember the registrar said, I wonder if perhaps those five lawyers were correct. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Okay. I guess. That, and, and maybe that's another reason why some people are in divorce limbo. Maybe they have gone to see a lawyer. And, they don't like the answer. And, and you'll find a lot of the la- a lot of the ladies that write into us who maybe aren't yeah. working or they're, they're not working full time, their ex is happy to let mm. it linger because they know what the answer is going to be. So remind yourselves if you are worried about setting the apple cart, you know, that that perhaps, and this is one of the things we recommend you do, the step four, if you are stuck in divorce limbo, um, if you can go find out what it is that you're entitled to, it might motivate you to take that step. So, Mum, maybe we should talk about, so first step. Would you like us to take away the overwhelm of the divorce process and give you the step-by-step guide on what to do at each part of the process and show you how to do it? Even giving you the correct wording and legal templates that you can use for your property or parenting agreement? Would you like us to show you how to do your own negotiations and mediations and keep it out of court? Well, then you're invited to the DIY Divorce Blueprint Platinum and Gold Membership currently open now. It is the only training of its kind that shows you exactly how you can do your own divorce, property and children's settlements, mediations and negotiations so that you can finally move on with your life without having to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers and years in limbo. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll to find out more today. Join us now. So first step is focus on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty no-brainer. But it's basically you've got yeah. to commit yourself to sitting down and looking at it going, all right, I've got to, I've got to yeah. do this. That's right. Is that right? That's, yeah, that's, that's right one. because yeah. but, but no one's complaining if you don't mm-hmm. go to court and get your stuff. So you really do have to rule off some time and make it a priority. Um, when I make a list for a day or plan for the day, I always have one thing I plan to achieve as my one good thing that will make it a good day. Um, you guys need to stock up on on coffee and chocolate or whatever it is you need, set yourselves up and focus on it. I think take a day um, and say this is the day where I'm going to do something about it and make it a priority. Um, sometimes people do it like for a week. If you, if the kids are away um, and you've got time off, just hmm. if you've got yeah. holidays, if you're doing half half right. holidays, do it um, when the kids are use under. that other part yep. of the holiday. Um, but, you know, and I, I understand you. We can be busy. You might be doing taking the kids to school. Yep. You might be doing help. You've got your businesses you might be running. You've got your, you know, friendship groups. And the last thing you want to do is sit down and look at a divorce process and go, oh, okay, this is yep. what I've got to do. It's so, a project. 
Literally commit, choose a date, put it on the calendar, turn your notifications off your phone and just do it. Okay. And even if that involves just coming along to one of our webinars, which we do monthly, Mm. you know, come along and see what, what's involved in the process. What do I need to do? What, 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 what's kind of happening? So commit yourself to a date. Okay. To go and sit down and look at it. Step two, um, is identify what your pain points are or your obstacles. Mm. So So, why aren't you? Why like don't you want about. to do it? Why yeah. aren't you doing it? Yeah. Is it because you're worried it's going to upset the apple cart? Is it because you just don't want to face it? Is it because you don't want to upset your is, ex? And is it amicable? because you feel guilty for leaving and they're all sad and, and you don't want to make it any worse? Um, but really mm. what they're anticipating is probably much worse than the reality. You might, if you've got an avoidant person, mm. you may have to do that yourself. Um, sometimes for people, the idea of the actual divorce um, goes against their faith or their principles, but you don't have to do the divorce. You can have a property settlement, and this is important, you can have a property settlement and not have a divorce, okay? So you can sort mm. out the property, sort mm. out the kids and leave the divorce. Some people never divorce. They die married. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well. If that's what yeah. you want to do, then do that. So, yeah, so really you just got to look at why am, why am I not moving forward on this? What is holding yep. me back? And we've already talked about just a set a minute ago, you probably should ask yourself the question, why are they not moving forward ah. on this? Why is my ex not doing anything about it? And if you explore that, you might be like some of our listeners. Oh, well, my ex is trying to reduce their income currently or my ex is spending all the money that we should be separate, like splitting. So, be aware or is your ex an avoidant person and you do need to be the one who steps Mm. it up you know what are the reasons and write them down and maybe go see a psych Mm. maybe say hey i really need your help in this aspect because i need to get this sorted and i keep coming to a roadblock i like it yeah okay and number three, number three is a bit wishy-washy, but I do it with all my, co- yeah, my clients it's not wishy-washy. Um, in my coaching business, but, uh, and mum, like I've got three on the back of my wall right now. They're not ones, <laughs> but um, write down or put a picture or just do a little story, a summary, a little, a little yep. vision board of what you want your life to look like yeah. in a year, in a year. Can you see yourself through there? Can you see yourself finished in your own place? Uh, the kids happily going between both houses. You don't want to have a vision board of your ex still standing over in the corner, <laughs> having the, his name on your car. It, you know, you don't want to still in five years or one year be lying in bed going, my, my ex-partner still owns half of this house and at any point he could just rip it from under me. Mm. You know, so you want to go, what, what, how, what will make me feel great? What, what is something that will motivate you to then get through yep. all this yuckiness and negotiate and come to an yep. agreement. So do or, or at board. least at least visualise it and keep that image in your head if you're a bit um, averse yep. to a vision board. But, yeah, it, it, if you, here's the thing. If you are worried about upsetting the apple cart um, by bringing mm. court stuff, um, it's only a matter of time before something else happens that upsets the apple cart. And if you're lying in the house in bed, as you say, and it's half someone else's house, what if you if you meet the one and you bring them home? Mm. Is that when when the payments are going to when stop? Say, yep, well, that's paying, right. I'm not paying your rent anymore. That, if you're that have might be your motivation. Do you yeah. Want that? yeah. Yeah. So, okay, maybe you do in your vision see yourself with a new mm. person. Um, if you're being drip-fed money at the moment and you're in divorce limbo, is that going to continue? 
is it going to continue once you are doing mm. that? So probably not. So that's good motivation. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got yourself motivated. You've identified the pain points why you've held back or why they're mm. holding back. You've decided to commit to a time to focus yes. on it. The next most important and probably the legal part is knowing where you stand, mum. So what do we mean by go and find out where you so, stand? Yeah, so find out what you're entitled to in property, whether the other person's entitled to claim as they sometimes do that this is not to be counted or, you know, um, you need to especially go and find out from a lawyer what your position is, your likely entitlement for property or where the what's, a, what's normal for children arrangements. Um, if the other person in your relationship has said, let's not involve lawyers, Let's not let's not go to lawyers. I, you can bet your bottom dollar if you're in limbo and they've said don't go and see a lawyer, that they've seen a lawyer. And like you said, they don't like mm-hmm. the answer or the outcome. So uh, mm-hmm. now you don't have to spend a lot of money to do this. You can uh, ring up a lot of family lawyers, give 15-minute, 20-minute free phone calls. You could ring legal aid uh, in your state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could uh, go and see a lawyer for an initial consultation. Uh, I think we've talked about the chronology and things that you, you could do a little timeline before you go to get the most out of that. Um, or just research. Mm-hmm. There's lots of information now on Google. I mean, there's 60, nearly 70 episodes of this podcast. That's true. That's true. To, that talks you through every step yes. of every bit and the legal know-how and that's behind completely free and yep. children's. So you could listen to that and have an idea. But definitely if you can go and see a lawyer for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just tell them your story, explain to you, maybe listen to that one thing that you can do episode that yep. we did that talks you about how to make your meeting with a lawyer Productive, so much better. Yep. Um, but then but but then find out from them where do you stand? What are you entitled to? And that in itself is sometimes yes. motivating when you have been maybe drip fed drip feeded money or you've had to ask for money and had to go and cap in mm. hand going, Can I please mm. have this? I need to get this for the children. If you find out, oh wait if I do this, the lawyers told me, then this yeah. is going to happen. And then you see your vision board and you're like, sweet, that's going to happen. So it can be more yes, motivating to know, to exactly. know where you stand. Yep. But also it's just the fear of the unknown. And I think a lot of people just hold back because they don't, they don't know what is, what's what. And there is a lot of oh, myths yes. out there that people go, oh, you can't, it's my business, it's in my name. Or the other great one, oh, there's a trust. I've put all my money in a trust, so you can't Not touch true. it. Yeah. All of these things, you need to go check with a lawyer and, and go, okay, just because you didn't earn the money doesn't mean you're not entitled to it. If you've been in like a 35-year yes. marriage or even a 10-year marriage, all of these myths that float around that kind of keep, in particular, women yes. down, this is the time for you to go out and find your information information and know your truth. You don't listen to Tracy at work or someone else because everyone's situation is different. Um, And for our male listeners, and I know we have a few, um, don't listen to all the horror stories you hear from other uh, males and and the men's group peddle horror Mm. stories as well. And that creates more Mm. of a fear. I mean, generally, I'm sticking my neck out here, but in my um, years and years of experience, um, generally the court is fairly common sense based um, and if it seems like sensible to you that then it probably is how the law would operate but go and find out how the law applies to your situation from someone who actually knows 
Yeah. Yeah, don't just assume you know. No, because you don't. It is a bizarre thing. You, like, even when I went through my own divorce, I assumed, oh, okay, this must be how this works. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, okay. So there's, and, and I think I'm a very intelligent person. You are. So, you know, if you if you don't know the law, uh, it's time well, to go talk to someone Isn't that does. how the podcast started, Laura, when you said, you said one day to me, <laughs> Mum, how do women go who haven't got a mother who's an accredited family law specialist? And and that was the exactly. where your idea. That's yeah, why we do for it for the podcast. That's right. And I think I think if if you can figure out where you stand and know where you stand, and I know a lot of listeners have written in and said, Thank mm. you so much, you know, I now get it, I know what we're going through. Great. And even better, go and see a lawyer for free 20 minutes or a 30-minute yep. consult. Um, negotiate the price before so you go. So it's a fixed so price. Yep, or we'll phone them for free. A fixed yep. price. And then once you've done that, so you, you've got a more clear vision of your – so you've got your vision of you moving on, having a house or getting your car, just getting mm-hmm. unstuck from this, getting financially stable – then you find out what you're entitled what to. You're entitled yeah. to from your lawyer. The next step, and and the step that you need to keep taking over and over again, is making a plan and follow through and doing yep. it. Whether you do it by yourself, whether you do it um, with mm. a lawyer, whether you do it with a bit of a lawyer and a bit of it yourself, but you've got to just. And, start. and once you've started that plan and begun to follow through, you will find things where you get a bit stuck, particularly if if you haven't been dead keen to get started in the first place. So watch out for them. They're they're little booby traps to slow you down. But just go back to point one. Make a priority to focus on it. If it's one little issue or something, again, set another time next week. Uh, Work out what your obstacle is. Is it you don't like filling in documents? Is it you don't know how to format something? Is it whatever it is? Don't know how to approach the other person and and work your way through it. and, and keep going and then make a plan and, and, like I said, rinse and repeat until you've got through all of your issues. You'll feel so good and it will build momentum as you go. Mm. Well, look, if you get a lawyer, then they will take it on board for you as well and move it forward. Uh, if you go into the court system, the court, like mum always talks about, is a conveyor belt and you'll just keep trundling along that conveyor belt. It kind of, once you get that started, this, it's, it's a lot harder to distall. So if you are currently stuck in a divorce limbo, whether it's because you want to be or whether it's because your ex wants to be or whatever the reason is, it's really important that you think about the reality that you're causing for later and that is maybe you're going to have to you know untangle even more property maybe you're going to have to deal with drama in the future so focus on it make it a priority for the day find out your pain points write down what you want to happen have a vision board try and motivate yourself and then find out where you stand and then make that plan and of course you can use our diy divorce blueprint if you are interested uh, but you can just figure out a lot of this yourself if you see a lawyer and at least know where you stand that's the stepping stone to get started and if you are listening today and you have been in limbo for a while this is your message yes. from the universe don't wait cracking. for the new year i see so many people People in January, um, people have been separated for years. Um, don't wait till the new year to make that a resolution. Get started. 
get started. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Mum, for your time. And my heart goes yeah. out to anybody who's in divorce limbo right now because it is terribly unpleasant to have a, an uncertain future. Mm. But we're wishing you all the best. And we're always here. You can always listen to our podcasts. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Mum, no for worries, your time. No worries, Laura. See you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.